Hi, I'm Alex Ballinger and this is Small Biz Pod on Saturday the 29th of September. Well, uh, excuse me for my sore throat. I've got a bit of a sore throat. Uh, occupational hazard uh, when you're a podcaster like me. Uh, I've managed to escape them over the years, but uh, if I sound a little bit odd this week, that's why. Uh, but uh, not going to deter me from uh, enjoying the World Cup, uh, the Rugby World Cup, that is. Um, I don't know, England finally managed to get through to the quarterfinals, and it'll be fascinating to see whether we uh, can beat Australia. I rather doubt it, but I'm hoping. But anyway, um, that's a slight detour, um, but there is a kind of sporting theme to this week's Small Biz Pod as I interview um, the chief executive, John Smith, of First Artist Corporation, which is a sports, entertainment and marketing management company. Uh, talked to listed on AIM on the alternative investment investment market, uh, the smaller or the medium sized business um, stock market of, on the London Stock Exchange. Uh, a fascinating chat with John um, about some statistics that uh, were released recently by uh, Vodafone on a survey on how many sales calls are lost by small businesses, uh, but also talking about how John built his business through acquisition. So well worth listening to. And uh, dealing with a man who texted regularly and phoned and emailed Jose Mourinho and and others and also looked after Team England in the football world. So uh, John Smith, uh, a bit of sporting glamour on Smallwiz Pod. How about that? But anyway... Uh, other than that, uh, first let me say again um, a, a big thank you to Sage, who, as many of you will know, is a leading supplier of business management software. Actually has 5.4 million customers worldwide, which is uh, quite staggering, really. Uh, and I know it's, it's a great British business story, actually, Sage. Set up in the, the northeast uh, only 20 years ago and is really uh, an amazing business story in its own right. Um, and... So I'm really pleased that they're they're supporting and sponsoring Small Biz Pod. Um, and whether you're uh, you know a startup or a lo- larger organisation, um, Sage's aim is really to make it easier for for companies to manage their businesses pro- business processes. So whether it's CRM or whether it's um, uh, accounting software or whether you're just looking for sort of support and services related to I don't know Excel or HR advice or health and safety advice, um, Sage can do that for you. Uh, they, I think, have 700,000 small business customers in the UK alone, so they ought to know what they're doing, and they do, as uh, you can judge by the fact that they've got incredibly good taste and are sponsoring Small Biz Pod. So thanks a lot, Sage. And uh, I will come on to uh, uh, comments, quite a few comments uh, this week from listeners um, and some interesting feedback too. Also the latest Frapper Map updates but first, let's go straight into that interview with John Smith, Chief Executive of First Artist Corporation. Okay, well, according to uh, some recent research by uh, Vodafone, um, uh, a large number of businesses are missing um, the opportunity to win new business simply by not responding to incoming calls rapidly enough. Um, each lost uh, sales call could cost businesses £18,000 on average a time. Now, one entrepreneur who I'm very pleased to have uh, with me here on Small Biz Pod today who knows a thing or two about the importance of uh, returning those sales calls quickly, as it were, is John Smith, who runs uh, the First Artist Corporation, which is a, a, a marketing uh, sports 
and entertainment management company. John, thank you for, uh, for, for being with me today. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure. From, a, from an early stage, you were in very, very much involved and still are in, um, the, 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 the fo- in football uh, and in football management, player management. That's a clearly a very sort of high-tempo, uh, high um, high-pressure business to be in. Um, wh- wh- what did you find in terms of, or in terms of uh, the importance of responding uh, rapidly? What are, the, what are the key elements that others can learn from your experience? It was actually quite interesting because when I started First Artist, it was actually born out of an idea that I, you know, I had a record production company previous to that, and mm-hmm. I sold out and, and went and lived in America. And I loved what they were doing uh, with sports in the U.S., which was very much what what we were doing with rock stars in the U.K. Okay. <clears throat> there didn't seem to be much sport marketing in the U.K. at the time, which was early mid-80s. Mm. And I brought back the, this idea of... of um, this all-embracing management of sports stars, um, uh, obviously in our sport, which is uh, football. Mm, mm. And um, the, the whole ethos of doing business in America is um, slightly faster, slightly more pressurized, I guess, um, certainly very responsive. And I found this survey by, uh, this report by Vodafone fascinating because whenever we deal in the States, which is still quite a lot because we have a business over there as well, yeah. um, the response times to any requests are far faster than they are in the UK. And uh, the, the ridiculous thing is, if you read this report, um, the, the average response time is nine hours in the UK. Now, mm. I don't, I, I couldn't run a business like that. And, and that's to, a, to, a, to a, a sales inquiry. Yes. Well, to to any to to uh, to to an inquiry, yeah, that's okay. a sales inquiry yeah. or a complaint or whatever, supposedly costing British industry thirty-one billion pound in lost revenue. And I don't know whether that's uh, uh, whether that is um, is tenable or tangible losses, but that's still one one hell of a piece of information. And uh, and uh, I spoke to Vodafone tonight, and I'd like to come out and talk about this because it really is something that, that we in Britain, uh, if we're not very good at it, and it appears that we're not, we should be much better at it. Yeah. Um, it's very simple, though, isn't it? <laughs> to it is. return... You I mean, what, what, and you return it. Yeah, uh, I mean... Or what, you get an, what, I mean the, what's the, the, the problem? The fact of the matter is that there's, there's, there's wonderful devices like mobile email now, where you don't... And I can understand some people saying, you know, I'm, I'm a bit older, and my, I'm from a heritage where... Um, you go home, you take your phone off the hook because no one knows your phone number and you're, and you're off duty and there's yeah. a lifestyle yeah. element. But mobile email uh, is so good these days because that bridges that gap. You know, you don't have to be on the phone all the time. You don't have to just, just be aware every now and again, look at your emails. Mm. And if it's urgent or if you can have a response email put back to people so that you know you've acknowledged that, that request and then mm. you can deal with it in your own time. Mm. Mm. Um, isn't there a danger, though, as... Uh, as um the, the always-on world becomes ever more always-on, as it were. That, uh, well, I'm afraid that, that's, that, that's, you know, that's reality. Yeah. You know, it, it's not the 1950s anymore, and in 2007, 8, 9, 10, and forward, we are a global village. Yeah. And, you know, like it or not, if you want to be part of it, what you have to do, I believe, is manage your time so that you do get the quality time. And I, I've... I'm, I've I don't know if I'm that successful, but I try very much to spend a lot of time with my children, yeah. um, a lot of time with the business. My my business is is very antisocial. It it operates at times that other people are at play. Yeah. Um, it's just a question of of kind of getting some sort of 
equilibrium that works. Yeah. Um, so it's more each person. It's to each person their own. Yeah. So it's more about um, efficiency than than it is about um, just trying to pack more and more and more and more oh, and more yes, in. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to pack more and more and more. It's a question of of time management. Yeah. Yeah. And is that, um, in your experience, having worked in the US and, uh, and obviously in the UK too, is that, is that where we're lacking, time management skills? Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, of course, you know, time management can mean you don't have to be in the office. Yeah. You know, the, the, the ability of mobile communication is that, I, can, I mean, I've got a house in Spain and I, I take long weekends, quite often, in fact, especially during this rotten summer we've just had. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I can sit over there in Spain and actually nobody knows where I am. Yeah, it's okay. a good way of doing business in my, <laughs> it in my is mind. Indeed. It is indeed. Now, talking of uh, of doing business, as you you kind of introduced yourself as having um, set up one of the the kind of first um, uh, player focused um, management uh, consultancies or agencies uh, in 1986, I think. Um, That's correct. You, you, you've since built that business, and I, and I think uh, profits of well over a million uh, in 2006. Well, if you, if you look at uh, our forecast for this year, it's um, a turnover. Um, we're forecasting um, uh, 40-odd million and, a, and a, an EBIT of about three and a half million. Okay, yeah. Um, so you, you've clearly you've built that um, as far as I can make out on partially on um, organic growth of the individual constituents of the of the business, but but also through acquisition. Obviously, when you first started, you very much focused on sport, and now you've gone into sort of broader marketing and event and um, uh, entertainment management as well. Um, what? advice do you have for entrepreneurs that are looking to grow their business via acquisition um look after your cash <laughs> okay <laughs> that is the most important whatever we have done in them we have grown exponentially over the last two or three years yeah we bought eight eight businesses yeah uh, it's cost us quite a few million pounds but the one thing we've always always focused on is a is it earnings enhancing but B, is the cash flow going to support this? Yeah. And the, what we've done, fortunately, buying companies like the Winters is, is, is like buying huge cash cows. Mm. And, and football's a cash cow for us, but just uh, on two or three occasions in yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a bit lumpy, but it, but it produces good, good cash revenue. So that's my, my advice to anyone who's buying businesses is, protect your cash don't let the acquisition and the acquisition process mm. take your eye off the ball with your the cash in your bank because that's where most companies come unstuck yeah now was aim listing um part of a part of an acquisition uh, as it were i mean was it was that did the one follow yeah the it was a kind of like an acceptance it was yeah. sort of well you know here we are a real business we're not just a bunch of football agents you know yeah we're we're more than that it's taken us a long while to learn how how to work in the stock market environment. It still hasn't been very good to us, actually, other than um, attracting uh, good quality investors. But, I mean, uh, looking, at, looking at what we're producing and if we hit those figures that are in the marketplace and we've said in a trading statement that uh, we're in line mm. with all market expectations, mm. um, then uh, we, we're sitting at with, with a 3.5 million EBIT uh, big turnover, um, terrific cash position, uh, and a P of six. 
Yeah. So that's to me somewhat disappointing, and I, I would like the um, I'd like the market to be more um, cognizant of what we are actually, yeah. and what we've achieved. Yeah. Have you found that? Because I, I, it's I've spoken to a number of AIM companies, and that's very often a not exactly a complaint, but a, a concern that they're perhaps not being recognised for the growth that they're achieving. I think ours, ours is in a way a victim of our own success. We've been tipped. We did a. Um, a revamping of the company last year after we bought the winters we did a one for ten yeah because uh, we were a penny share and we just felt that that wasn't projecting the right image anyway yeah um but prior to that we had been tipped in just about every penny share guide you could possibly imagine and so we attracted a large tail of small investors who okay. were buying in a 5p and selling out a five and a half p yeah we could never get off first base and in reality, although the liquidity in our stocks got better and there's not quite as many of those traders, it's still they're still there. Yeah. And until we can uh, introduce a a a, a more um, um, a share base which is is led by institutions yeah. uh, rather than in individuals, I think we will be in that position. So that's something that we have to work on. Now, when you when you set out uh, before aim listing, I mean, obviously, aim listing is a, is a source of funding. Um, within that, you, you, whether 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 the the shareholders are small or whether they're institutional, um, you go back to uh, something which is, in essence, um, looking for funders. I mean, looking for people to purchase the shares, uh, you know, at an institutional level is like uh, in the early stages, I guess, going out looking for for venture capital in a strange kind of a way. Yeah, um, I would. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, uh, how how do you, how, how do you sell the business to you know how does one sell the business to you know whether it be uh, a shareholder whether it be um, uh, a, a venture capitalist or, a, or, a, or an angel I mean clearly you know the 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 financials are key but I mean any any secrets to to successful uh, raising of capital I think you've got to be believable. Yeah. And you've got to also, there's nothing succeeds like success. You've got to deliver. Yeah. Uh, I think you've got to have a good storyboard. You've got to be mindful of your cash position, which we've just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to know your marketplace and demonstrate that you know and understand your marketplace and your competitors and your sector. Um, you've got to be convincing about the reality of upsides. I mean, we get a lot of companies in here um, seeing if we're interested in, in buying them and they have reasonable profits over the yeah. last two or three years um, good profits this year which is why they're looking to sell and extraordinary profits next year and the year after and the year after that which <laughs> doesn't ring true you yeah know? yeah it, it is what it is and i think you know you have to take a reality dose in yeah. to see these these institutional people okay uh, i guess your customers are, uh, are some of the most demanding customers um, on the planet. People like Roman Abramovich, you mean? <laughs> is, he, is he one of your customers? Well, if we deal with Chelsea. You is, do? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. So uh, someone someone who has extremely high standards. Um, uh, if, if Mourinho can't come, um, come up to scratch, they're frighteningly high. He was very good at returning uh, emails, though. Was he? What, Mourinho? Mourinho, yeah. Ah. If we couldn't get him on his mobile, we'd send him an email and, and he'd come back within a couple of hours. He, was, he wasn't part of the statistic. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that in many ways, I mean, in many ways, I mean, football is such big business um, and so professionally run now that in some ways it's a it's a a, a good role model 
a bus- yeah. good business role model, isn't it? I guess. Yeah, it's um, it's huge entertainment. Yeah. And uh, it's a you know a billion people watch it every weekend. It's a big business. Yeah, yeah. How do you keep those types of demanding customers happy? You personally in your job. Um, are you talking football are you talking let's uh, let's talk football because I know a lot of listeners will will, will enjoy the football conversation uh, briefly the only thing that we have to do is sell them players that do well it's an emotional business if we sell them a player that doesn't perform then they won't love us that week and bear in mind I don't have a huge customer base there's 30 customers probably around the world yeah um, I, that was being a bit twee, really. I mean, yes, we ideally we want to sell them players that work. They don't always work, of course they don't. You know, in any transaction we do, I think we're very good deal makers. That's what we excel in. Yeah. We've um, got to leave something in that deal for everybody. Yeah. And as long as the clubs feel that we're that they're not getting legged over, mm. um, and it's not just a big agent's fee, it's it's there's there's value attached to that and longevity. I think customer care, uh, from returning phone calls to making sure your charging is correct, it's it's, it's not rocket science. It's no. just being yeah. good at what you do, yeah, and caring for your customer base. And I mean, you were you you managed uh, the England team for a long while, uh, I did. which uh, yeah. which demonstrates you must have been uh, must have been doing a good job. Team England, in fact, which still exists. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, good. Now, I mean, obviously, football agents to a certain extent have a ha- have. Um, gone through a bit of a rough Diego time. Diego Maradona's first um, Coke deal. But that was black stuff, not the one. <laughs> <Okay. stuff. laughs> Sorry, Excellent. No, that's, well, there we are. Um, oh, so you, uh, when, was, when, when was that when Diego was uh, in his prime? 87, 88. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just, just, uh, just, just finally, I mean, obviously football, football management has had, a, uh, at some level, has had a, has a, a poor reputation or, or, a, or a, perhaps a sullied reputation by a few bad apples and there's been an awful lot of press and, uh, and negative uh, media in relation to, to, to that trade, as it were. How does a company like yours, um, and particularly a company that's listed on AIM, deal with um, the media, a uh, deal with getting the... Get, you know, presenting themselves correctly, distinguishing themselves from um, a bad crowd. I think you've got to respect the media. To be honest, I um, I know a lot, a lot of people knock the media, and, and and I do get a bit frustrated with some of the media personnel for portraying the negatives in football when it is a huge success. This is one of the biggest exports Britain has ever had. A yeah. billion people watch this product every weekend 169 territories buy it you go to the back streets of Honduras or the main streets in Hong Kong globally you'll see people walking around with Arsenal Liverpool yeah. Chelsea t-shirt and it, yeah. it's an enormous success so let's give it its credit you know we I was with uh, I was out last night I had a bit of a birthday bash last night and one of yeah. my guests was Peter Story mm-hmm. who's the uh, chief executive of Portsmouth and he was telling me some of the stuff that they do for kids with terminal cancer that you never read about yeah. The industry does so much good. And I, I think dealing with the media is to accentuate the positive and, and try and negate some of the negatives that, sadly, sell newspapers. Yeah. Um, so that, if, if you can do that and always be, always be honest and always with <laughs> silly things, return phone calls. You know, if the media call me, they know they'll get a call back. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Make yourself media friendly. Don't be afraid of them, but, but 
you know, just try and accentuate the positive. Okay, all good advice. John Smith, thank you ever so much for your time today. You're very welcome, anytime. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to, to John there and uh, getting an insight into how the, uh, the business of football, as it were, can give us all an insight in uh, how to do business properly. John is um, a true gent. He just comes across very, very well, a very likable guy, and, uh, yeah, it gives you his time, makes you, gives you his attention. And I, I think one of those guys who uh, is an example uh, to us all about how to, to, to do business. I mean, it's a, a tough old business, football, uh, but John comes across as being, you know, down-to-earth, thoughtful guy. So uh, thanks for that interview, John. I enjoyed it. And uh, I'm sure uh, you guys out there will have done too. So um, I've got a, a number of um, comments and uh, things to catch up with. Uh, the Frapper Map. Let's begin with the Frapper Map. Uh, the Frapper Map is where listeners stick their pin in a, a virtual map of the world and occasionally put photos in. And one or two have put photos and not necessarily um, included who they are. Um, Graham from Dundee in Scotland uh, has signed up to the Frapper Map. Uh, if you click on the link on the homepage at smallbizpod.go.uk, uh, you can do likewise. Um, also, I had um, uh, a guy with a camera uh, with a nice Photoshop effect. I think it was a Photoshop effect. Uh, it just says "male" from Houston in Texas. So, thanks for uh, listening, and also uh, thanks to Brian McSwinney in Cork, Ireland, who says thanks for the great show, Alex. I find your interviews a delight, and also to uh, Blake. Durden, who also uh, comments later on, and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, talk about his comment, uh, who says, caught in the rat race but finding my way out, hopefully. And uh, Blake is currently in Wimbledon in London. So uh, let's just go on to Blake's comment. <coughs> Excuse me, my throat is very bad at the moment. Um, I'm new to your podcast. This is Blake. I'm new to your podcast but have been doing a catch-up. I've been planning and shaping a couple of ideas I have with this show and, and, and sorry, and this show has been an inspiration. Just wondering about the synonymity of Google as being internet. The reason I say this is I've noticed how many plugs you give to their products for small businesses such as Google Local and other services. I'm sure they appreciate that they are now so integral to the internet that they have almost become one and the same. Uh, that's my little thought that struck me from one of your episodes earlier this year. I'm really enjoying the entrepreneur section and I'm curious to see how things develop. Your interviews are always enlightening and encouraging even when they do highlight other difficulties or challenges I'd not considered for my ideas. I'm in awe of your networking. Thanks a lot. And may this continue to flourish for you and us all. So that's really very kind, Blake. Uh, in awe of my networking. I, To be honest, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm one of the best networkers in the world. I probably don't make the most of the networks that that kind of uh, crop up as a result of Small Biz Pod. But um, thank you indeed for those comments. Yeah, Google does seem to uh, be taking over a bit. They're going to be the kind of the, uh, the, the, the Microsoft of the 21st century. That, that sounds horrible, doesn't it? But I don't know how that'll pan out. But I know what you mean. Um, and Kelvin Jones, he's just got married relatively recently. I think I mentioned on the last show. So I've not um, hassled him for an update uh, on his uh, journey as a entrepreneur, but I'll I'll give him a buzz and see if he's uh, see how things are progressing, see if he wants to put something in on the show. So um, thanks, Blake. Blake actually commented, as did uh, Richard um, Boyd, who says 
Um, as a recent Sage convert, I'm impressed with their product. It's also good to see that the marketing department is not afraid to try new promotional ideas. Uh, thanks a lot, Richard. Richard, I've known on the small business forums for, for some while, and he's commented before on the on the show. So thanks very much for that. Uh, I'm obviously very happy with Sage, as, as we mentioned earlier in the show. And, uh, yeah, it's good to see a big company experimenting with podcasts. I think podcasts have got a lot to offer in terms of sponsorship. So that's great, and I agree with you. Uh, now, both both uh, Blake and Richard commented on the Small Biz Pod blog. If you click on the uh, show notes for each episode of the podcast, you can leave a comment and encourage me or tell me I was talking rubbish or tell me to stop umming and erring or doing something or other or whatever. I don't mind. Negative, negative, or no, constructive criticism is, is, is really good. Uh, praise is really good. Uh, just any feedback, really, uh, for a podcaster like myself is always very valuable and keeps the, the motivation high, knowing that people are, are listening and are out there. Talking of which, I had a few emails as well. So you can leave comments on the uh, Small Biz Pod blog. You can uh, send me an email if you've got a, something to say uh, related to an episode or or indeed if you want to request an episode or at least request a topic for an episode. And uh, it's very simple to do. Just email me at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk. Or, indeed, you can telephone, and the telephone numbers are available on the site. I know that my answer machine may not have been working on the Skype connection I use, so do leave a message and make comment on the show that way, and I'll play your comment in the program or in the next episode. Always good to hear people's voices as well as see their faces on something like Frapper. Um, if you're... Uh, not going to sign up to Frapper. Facebook, there's been a lot of encouragement, a lot of um, congratulations on the Sage sponsorship uh, offered and proffered on Facebook. There's a link to the Small Biz Pod Facebook group, and do go and check that out. Um, I've also check out the the blog, uh, the and also the new news, small business news section, if you're you're interested in that. Um, so, uh, lots coming up, and there'll be more in the next episode to talk about in terms of uh, plans for the last quarter of this year in terms of Small Biz Pod and what we're trying to offer you guys out there to to add value and inspiration to your own business ventures. Um, but let's just finish with uh, three email comments that came in. Um, Andrea Drotholm, who I guess must be I don't know, Icelandic maybe? I'm not sure. Uh, it says, I've listened to a few of your shows and have to say I'm very impressed and it's perfect for someone like me running a small business, getting ideas and inspiration. Now, I wanted to ask if you already have uh, done a cast on the following. I was, and she talks about a small company, property company, I think, in uh, Spain uh, that she set up. And uh, she's recently employed a couple of people and um, somebody to sell uh, for her, but her expenses have gone through the roof, and it sounds like she's in a bit of a bit of a quandary in terms of uh, how to reward financially the sales staff and how to motivate them, but equally how to to bring in extra income by through employing them and so on and so forth. So she's in you know, this kind of cash flow issue, uh, and she says she's she's not sure where to turn to. Um, does she go to a financial consultant? Does she go to a marketing consultant? Uh, how does she assess? what price or what commission, sales commission, to offer her sales staff. Any advice from you guys listening out there would be much appreciated. I've offered her some advice, but uh, as I say, I'm no expert. So 
there's a lot of great minds out there, I'm sure, listening to the podcast. So if you have some thoughts for Andrea, uh, who incidentally loves the choice of music at each at the end of each show, or at least considers it to be courageous, then do get in touch. And then I had a, an email from Paul Cheetle, who's commented once before on a show coincidentally related to, to AIM. And he says, I was interested to hear your listener's idea for a show covering when to jump from a corporate life into a business of your own. My strong advice here is you snooze, you lose. We incorporated our business back in 1999 but didn't quit our day jobs, me at JP Morgan, my business partner at IBM, until 2002. This was very wrong. The market, of course, moved on. We lost time and money. Uh, all the time you are earning a salary, it's a big smokescreen to the realities of getting results. All it means is you will have to work much harder when you do finally quit your job so you can catch up. Fortunately today, Golden Moments, which is uh, Paul's business, is a successful and growing business and is now the only pan-European provider of gift experiences, so everything's possible. Keep the shows coming, Alex, and best of luck. Uh, thanks for that, Paul. Uh, very good advice, actually. Uh, you snooze, you lose. Yeah, I think there's no, there's no... It's a bit like having... I said, email back to him, and it's a bit like having uh, children. If you wait until there's a good time to have kids you'll find you'll be waiting a very long time and you'll miss out. So there we are. you just got to bite the bullet. That's my, my opinion and Paul's too. And then uh, I also had a, an email from Andrew Banks, who is the MD of a company called Evolve, who says, just a quick note to say thanks for producing such an excellent podcast. I have a minor suggestion which would make your podcast much more user-friendly in iTunes and could potentially increase listener rates. Could you please consider changing the title of each podcast to be a summary of the podcast as opposed to just the podcast number and date? I could then decide whether the podcast is worth listening to and on a topic relevant to me at the current time. A uh, very good idea, Andrew. Um, in fact, it's kind of uh, there is a little description in iTunes of what the show is about if you click on the information button. So uh, it's yeah, but I agree the title would be simpler, and uh, I'll look at how we can do that most effectively, and uh, the kind of format. You just have to. I think this is a sort of limited space, but yeah, I agree. We'll we'll look into that and and sort it, and that is just about it. Do get in touch, alex at smallbizpod.co.uk. You can leave a message on the underneath under each blog, a, a comment under each uh, podcast blog, if you would like, uh, and have something to say about one of the shows. And of course, my favourite of all, if you want to leave a message on the answer machine, which has been out of order but is now reinstalled, then please do, and I'll play your comment on the show. And now, um, Andrea. Uh, describes my music choice as courageous well here is an unusual thing I'm going to put in a, a vocal uh, a rare vocal uh, piece a piece with a vocal in it rather than some bleepy bloopy electronica I think you'll really enjoy it uh, it's one of my favourite tracks something I play on my uh, music podcast which is a very very rare one and uh, the band is called Hallo. And the track is called Everything is Okay. Everything is okay. 